The Phillies rebound from a tough game one against the Tigers, taking game two last night, seven to three. Thankfully, we needed it. We needed that win. It was a uh, up and down game. We'll dive into all of it. This is Phillies today. It is Thursday, May the 2nd. As thankfully, as I said, we come off a Phillies victory yesterday. It wasn't necessarily pretty at all times, but they're able to get it done and uh, moving to 17 and 13 on the season. Uh, splitting the two-game series with the Tigers would have been incredibly frustrating to lose uh, a two-game series, lose both games to the Tigers before the Nationals come into town on Friday. Off day today, but luckily the Phillies uh, able to gut it out. And uh, it was, look, this was a good win. This was a game that the type of game that good teams win. They are better than the Tigers. They didn't show up at all. For game one, they slept walked through it uh, on both sides of the ball, the errors, the mistakes, and uh, and we'll get into the uh, the boos of Bryce Harper in that game uh, a little bit later, but um, as that was quite the uh, the story yesterday as well. But um, look, uh, they slept walked through that first game, but they came out last night and granted. Maybe a, a little uh, sleepwalk like through the first part of the game, but able to, you know, get it done when it mattered. And down, uh, they were up one nothing early as they get an early lead on a Cesar Hernandez single goes right under the glove of the shortstop for the Tigers, uh, and a run comes in. Could have been an even bigger inning but uh, uh sean rodriguez was thrown out at third aggressive base running this team has done it all year long it was regressive for Olmuto, just uh, uh burn home the way he did but a nice play by the tigers to adjust as he was going to score no matter what they're ultimately one nothing there and it stayed that way for a while as aaron nola looked better it wasn't quite vintage nola it wasn't the guy that um you know we we uh, came to know and love last season, but it was certainly better than we've seen as uh, the curveball looked much better. He was getting, uh, you know, fooling guys. He was getting soft contact. He was getting strikeouts with it and a couple, um, you know, called third strikes, just fooling guys completely with that curve. So it was nice to see, again, not quite where we need him to be. He goes five and two-thirds, uh, seven hits, three walks, six strikeouts. Those three walks, you want to see him lower that number, obviously, as the control isn't quite as pinpoint as Vintage Nola is and was. But um, still, I would say a, a solid outing. Frustrating because he was just one out away from leaving the game with a one nothing lead. How much better do you feel about the line at six innings, no runs, than five and two-thirds, one run, but gives up a run? And then Kapler did what, very unconventional, and we've talked about Gabe in the bullpen before, but did what theoretically could have been a game-saving move at that point, keeping the game to 1-1 at that point, even though Phillies would go down a run. We'll get to that. But um, he brings in actor Neris there, and Neris has been the closer for this team, the, the uh, you know, all intents and purposes closers team. Obviously, doesn't have a guy you you trust 100% in the ninth inning, but Nurse has done a good job four for four when asked so far. But in this spot, in the sixth inning, in a 1-1 game, at the beginning of May, Gabe saw the game slipping away potentially with 
two runners on in a a 1-1 game, and he said, I'm not messing around. I'm bringing in the guy that is the best matchup, the best guy to get an out in this situation. And Neris came in in one pitch and was out of the inning, and it was really, uh, it was just, look, most managers don't do that, even in a new age of, of managing and whatnot. Um, Neris came in and, and got the job done. And look, I think, you know, you look at the bullpen and Neris and Adam Morgan, the two best pitchers in the pen this season, without a doubt in my mind. And in that spot against the righty, I just thought it was, I thought it was a gutsy call by Kapler. He could see a spot there where if the Tigers put up runs, they get a lead, the team kind of recedes into itself. And he was aggressive there. And I also like that this is something that, uh, my buddy Jack Fritz talks about a lot, but the idea that last season something Kapler would do with the pen was he would bring in a reliever and uh, for you know a, a, a spot like Neris was where there's a, you know one or two outs and runners on or or whatever and they come in to get out of a big spot and even if they didn't throw a lot of pitches, Jack would talk about the idea that when pitchers come in for those spots and they get geared up for those big moments it's hard for them to sit on the bench while the team hits and then come back out the next inning. And that was something Gabe would do last year. And and almost invariably, those guys would get hit up when they would come back out this season. Uh, it seems like Kapler maybe has learned from that as, as he puts Naris in. Naris only throws one pitch, but a big pitch gets out of that inning that could have spiraled. And then, um, you know, Kapler doesn't put it back in. Granted, you know, pinch hitting situations and all that change these types of things. But... Um, it is an interesting thing to think about in these situations as well. Um, ultimately, uh, the Phillies would go down 2-1 in the seventh. Sir Anthony Dominguez, which is funny because uh, he would end up being the winning pitcher. That's the way baseball is sometimes. But Sir Anthony comes in, struggles, gives up three hits, uh, an earned run uh, as uh, um, uh, on a single to left, and uh, makes it 2-1 to one there. And he gets out of the inning. And then, luckily, the Phillies would take the lead uh, and never relinquish it in the seventh. Sir Anthony gets the win. The seventh, they get it going finally against the Tigers. Bullpen is Daniel Norris, who's a nice young left-handed pitcher, but certainly someone you would hope the Phillies would be able to get to a little bit. They were not able to. Ultimately, though, they do do some damage against the pen. Michael Franco with a bases-loaded tr- uh, double that uh, scores three runs, makes it four to two in an instant. Then McCutcheon ends up singling him in later. Uh, awesome, awesome stuff. The Phillies would add on the ultimate. Uh, Jordy Mercer hits home on the the eighth for the Tigers to make it 5-3, but the Phillies add on a couple more. Reese Hoskins, Homer, and then a Phil Goslin double. Uh, and the Phillies end up winning it 7-3 to three as the Pat Neshek and uh, Dubrai Ramos combined for uh, a couple innings. Neshek gives up the homer, but they are able to get the job done ultimately in a game. Look, uh, it wasn't a game they had to have by any means. They, you know, they could have lost it and still been, uh, you know, at the top of the division or whatever. But um, at losing to the two to the Tigers, a team that's inferior talent-wise to you, is just not something that should happen when you're at home and you... Um, are, are just a better team. And, you know, that's the type of stuff that separates, you know, good teams from, from mediocre teams or good teams from great teams is, you know, not getting swept by poor competition at home, you know, and even if it's a two-game series and the Phillies were able to take care of business. It wasn't pretty, like we said, at, at, you know, at all at times. But ultimately, the offense got going in the late innings when they needed it. This is an offense that is predicated on getting to the bullpen and taking advantage of the bullpen at times. So... They were able to do that, and 
again, look, Nola isn't where we want him to be yet, but he does seem to be progressing. The Aaron Nola we saw in his first few starts after the opener, the the two, three starts after that was a real mess. And the results showed it. And the last couple starts have been better. You know, it hasn't been vintage Nola, but it's been someone you can go to war with. Someone who will will give you somewhere between five and seven innings of 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 decent pitching. And hopefully it's him taking steps towards progressing to be better and uh, and to get back to where, you know, the ace of the staff, the guy you want him to be. But ultimately, a, I think a, a positive performance for him is the curveball did look better than it has at any point this season, and that is obviously such an important pitch for Aaron Nola. Uh, but look, the offense bailed him out, bailed everybody out at the end as they did uh, have that big seventh and then a couple in the eighth. Rees, uh, big home run. Rees only hits big late-inning home runs, it feels like. This one maybe not quite as big as others, but still, with this bullpen and things we've seen this year, uh, every run matters. Every run matters. But ultimately, again, uh, Phillies pulled it out, and it was nice to see. And again, and again, uh, extra hat tip to Gabe for that move, bringing Naris in an unconventional move to bring your best arm in in that spot. Uh, a guy who's been closing for you leaves you no one on the back end, depending on how it plays out. And uh, I, I just thought that was a good move by Kapler. And ultimately, uh, process over results, but in this case, both worked out. So uh, good to see. A um, couple quick Notes, uh, Sean Rodriguez got hit in, uh, in the game. Hopefully um, he is all right. He did get subbed out of the game. Uh, I, I like Sean Rodriguez. He brings some veteran leadership to the team, and he's a nice, uh, nice little hitter. He's fine. He mashes lefties, which is uh, something they need in this lineup, and uh, and he can play multiple positions adequately. So uh, hopefully not hurt too bad on that one. Speaking of injuries, a couple quick notes on injuries while we're here. Um, Odubo Herrera, it looks like he could be activated by Sunday. According to Gabe Kapler, took some BP and cone drills, uh, yesterday. They need Odubo back. It is, uh, it, it, he's just a, uh, a better player, uh, than anyone they've had in center field, uh, obviously during the stint while he's gone between Quinn and Altair, obviously, and, and Nick Williams and shifting McCutcheon over McCutcheon can't play center field on an every night basis. He shouldn't play on a center field on an every night basis. So, it will be great to have Odubel back. A uh, couple others still further away. Uh, Scott Kinger, we talked about, is in the first stage of his running program, apparently on the hamstring. So that could take some time. Those things linger. It looks like it was a, a relatively um, serious uh, hamstring pull. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I would guess uh, a few more weeks he should be at least eyeing to return. And then uh, the more worrisome one, David Robertson, still feeling soreness in that elbow, throwing program on hold. That's a big time worry, as we discussed. Look, I said, anytime I hear elbow soreness, it's just, it, it, you know, more often than not, it doesn't work out well for a long-term prognosis. But hopefully this is one of those cases. And the Phillies, at least what they've said positively, or at least publicly, have been pretty positive. They don't seem too worried about Robertson. But certainly something, if he can't uh, come back, that that's a, a hole created as the bullpen as it stands now. Certainly lagging a couple of impact arms. And Robertson, if healthy, could obviously be an impact arm in whatever role they would use him, whether closer or not. Speaking of the bullpen, uh, one other note here as uh, there's been some talk, Gabe Kavler alluding to the possibility that they'd consider moving Nick Pavetta to the bullpen. And Pavetta obviously in AAA right now coming off a dominant 14 strikeout start in his last outing down there. It looks like Pavetta's stuff is back, and obviously it's AAA, but 
um, from from everything we've heard. And I, I spoke to Pat McCarthy, the play-by-play announcer down there, and um, Pavetta was nasty. It wasn't just a dribble A start. He looked great, and he is someone whose stuff would certainly play in the pen. He's a, uh, I think the biggest issue he's had as a starter is not having a third pitch. He's got a great fastball and a great curve, but. Um, he can't, uh, you know, he doesn't have another pitch that he can really effectively utilize. And that's something that, you know, you want starters to, to have more than two pitches, uh, anywhere, you know, the, the more, the better that they can effectively throw, but certainly more than two. Uh, but most relievers don't, uh, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of factor relievers who, who only have two pitches and obviously some like Marin Rivera only have one pitch, very few, uh, none as effective as him. And it's unbelievable that cutter uh, just, one of the greatest pitches of all time. But um, I think Pavetta's stuff would play really well in the bullpen. And they could use him back to arms both in the rotation and in the bullpen before the season is out. So, uh, I, look, I think ultimately asset-wise, if the team believes that Pavetta can contribute as a starter still, and I don't see a reason why they wouldn't. I mean, they were all in on him in spring training. They believed in him after last season. They apparently had trade offers for him in the offseason, and they turned them all down. So they believe in Pavetta, and and anyone um, is a better asset as a starter than as a reliever. That's just a fact, a more valuable asset. But it's also an interesting situation because this team is competing for for you know the playoffs and to try and win the World Series. And they are, you have know, already said every game matters. That's why they sent Pavetta to the Myers in the first place. So if there isn't a spot for Pavetta in the rotation, and who's to say that? You know, a few more bad Velasquez starts, a few more good Pavetta starts. Maybe it makes sense to, you know, bring Pavetta up and put him in the rotation or whatever. But I do like that the Phillies are keeping their options open because this is a team that's trying to to win now. And I think Pavetta could be a devastatingly good bullpen arm for them. Someone who could really make a, a major impact and someone who could go multiple innings for them and all that. So... I think right now Pavetta might be able to have a better impact in the bullpen, but I think long-term you, you want him as a starter. So it, it'll be very interesting to see how they handle it. Interesting that they're broaching it to begin with. And also, obviously, good to see that Pavetta's dealing down in AAA. That's the point of sending him to the minors, figure out his stuff, figure out the head issues, and come back and, and contribute. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. All right, coming up, the big story from yesterday, and, and I was actually down at the game, and, and I guess you know they weren't super loud. You couldn't really tell. Um, that much that, that there were boos, but there were definitely boos of Bryce Harper. For the first time, we all wondered, whatever the over-under was on uh, on how long it'll get booed, it was uh, it was uh, a couple nights ago. It was April the 30th that was the uh, over-under, and, uh, and Harper responded to it and all that. We'll get into that coming up. My thoughts on the Harper boo. It finally happened, and uh, look, uh, you know, uh, we'll dive into that and uh, look ahead uh, again. Off day today. Nice to have another off day. The off day Monday. Off day today. Get them, uh, you know, ready to go. Six straight days after that. Three against the Nats here in Philadelphia. Then heading to St. Louis for three. So we'll dive into that coming up as well and a whole lot more. It's Phillies today. It's James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back, Phillies today. James Seltzer coming up. We will look ahead to the series beginning tomorrow. The Washington Nationals coming to town for a big series. The Phillies 17-13 and 13 in first place in the division. And the Nats coming to town. So we will dive into that coming up in just a little bit. But first, the uh, the story of the day, Phillies-wise, yesterday. Uh, the Bryce Harper booze. And, and I was at the game two nights ago and uh, had a great time, even though they lost. But um, Harper gets booed. 
He had the uh, the rough drop in right field, which it looked like the wing could have been involved. It was certainly a, a ball you would hope he catches, and it looked like he had it till he fell to the ground. But uh, you know, it, it happens. Uh, I, I don't. I, I'm not going to get on a guy too much if it's not a repeated thing like that. But like Cesar Hernandez has been. Uh, but um, then obviously the 0 for 4, uh, the strikeouts gets booed, and um, a lot of people. A lot of people weighed in on this. Obviously, whenever booze come up in Philadelphia, it's always a hot-button topic, and it was a national story, and whatever. That's our, our rep, and we'll own it. And and I, I obviously you know don't need to preach to, to the people here in this city, but it, it all comes from passion. It all comes from wanting the team to win. And, and I am a, a big believer that sometimes it is righteous to boo, that sometimes a team deserves a boo, that, uh, you know, it can potentially motivate certain players. I think we saw that in Philadelphia with Ben Simmons and the Game 1 boos in the Nets series recently. And, and I think it motivated them in Game 2 and got them to play harder. And, you know, Simmons was playing with the crowd and doing the Iverson ear thing. I, I do think that um, it can have an impact. It's part of the give and take. It's it's. Uh, I think that if you buy a ticket to a game, you have the right to boo. I get it. I get it. Having said that, I don't think that that all boos are productive, and I certainly don't think that booing Bryce Harper because he's in a slump right now is a productive thing to do. And Harper was so magnanimous in discussing it, said that he totally understood it and they have to be better. But look, in Philadelphia, we boo because players maybe aren't giving their best effort or they don't run out of ground ball, or because they're being a jerk for some reason, or or whatever. But we shouldn't boo because someone is going through a slump right now, and someone who has still put up solid numbers. That, you know, he hasn't been a disaster. He still has a, a, a on-base percentage close to 400. He still has, you know, scored a lot of runs. He's hit some home runs. It's, uh, you know, obviously he had that miscue in the field, but... It's not like he's been a bad right fielder here. I just, look, again, I, I'm not going to tell anyone they can't boo. It just felt like it wasn't the right time for a boo. And it's so early. We're a month into the season. This guy's going to be here for 13 years. He signed a 13-year contract to come here. I think he deserves a little bit of a chance to get rolling. I mean, to jump on him for an 0 for 4? With some strikeouts, it happens. If he has that game in July, does anyone care? I mean, obviously, if he had a bunch before them, people would. But, man, I just think that, and look, I know it wasn't everyone there. It was a smattering of booze. It wasn't the the populace at large. But I don't know. Again, I think everyone has the right to act however they want as a fan at a sporting event. But I just feel like it's too early. I feel like Bryce Harper deserves a little bit of time here. I mean, again, he came here. He chose Philadelphia for the next 13 years with a no-trade clause. And yeah, he's making a lot of money. Or, you know, not just no-trade clause, no opt-outs as well. And yeah, he's making a lot of money, for sure. I get that. But at the same time, I think that, you know, we're only a month into the season. It is such a small sample size. They've played 30 games. 
Give the man a chance to get on a roll and to show you why he signed that contract. We've already seen flashes. We've seen the light tower power, as it were, the upper deck shots he hits. We've seen his unbelievable eye, his ability to work counts, to get on base even when he's slumping and score runs, the incredible effort he plays with. I mean, this guy runs around the bases like a maniac. How many times already have we seen him lose his helmet, coming around third and flying into home, aggressive on the pass? It doesn't look like, even though he's had some issues in the in the outfield, it doesn't look like it's for lack of effort. It's not like he's loafing to the ball. I just think the boo should be more pointed. It should be a more uh, deserving boo if we're going to boo. It should be more intelligent, more... Um, you know, motivational. And again, it sounds silly. Look, there's some former players and whatever who say that there's no boo that is motivational. What's the point of booing your team? And I understand that too. But um, ultimately, I think that in this case, this was just a boo out of frustration. And I think it wasn't warranted. And I, I'm I'm calling I'm calling shenanigans on the boo of Bryce Harper this time around. Give the man a few months. Give him a chance to settle into a new city with his pregnant wife and a whole new life situation at the age of 26. He's a human being. And again, I'm all right with the booing in general. I, I look, I, I just think that I think that Bryce is going to be pretty great. And I, I think we're going to have a lot of great times here with him. And look, he's going to get booed more. This is not the only time he's going to go through slumps. Something will happen. Maybe he won't run out of ball, whatever. How many times have we seen this type of stuff happen? But I think for now, it's too early. It's too quick. Give the man a chance. That is my official take on the Bryce Harper boo, and I feel incredibly strongly about it. All right. Off day today as, uh, again, needed. Take all the off days you can get. As uh, it, it's a grind, the season rolls on, whether people like it or not. After that, tomorrow the Phillies will host the Washington Nationals in town. You gotta like the way this broke out for the Phillies in terms of pitching matchups. No Strasburg, no Scherzer. That is a a huge victory for the Phillies. As uh, t- uh, tomorrow night, Jared Eichoff will take though, coming off his uh, Best outing in in years, literally. First win since August of 17 was just outstanding in his last outing. Jeremy Hellickson on the hill for Washington, who, as we'll all remember, was also outstanding for Washington in his last outing against the Phillies. But someone I feel like should be more hittable, eminently hittable, but uh, that 15-1 debacle was a disaster, and Hellickson was uh, was great. He was uh, unhittable for them. But you feel better about him the next time around. Uh, the Nationals have not seen Eikhoff yet, so uh, you have to like that as well, I guess, other than in relief, so a little bit of it. But um, Game 2, Arietta against Corbin. Patrick Corbin, that is the marquee pitching matchup of the three. Arietta coming off a uh, you know his most so-so start recently. They still win the game. That was the uh, game they win 12-9. to They were up 10-1, to and then Arietta with a, uh, a big uh, assist from Jose Alvarez ultimately end up making it a very close game, but they do get the win, and Arietta a shot to um, get back in it against Washington with Patrick Corbin on the hill. Corbin coming off a... Uh, he's actually been really good this season, coming off a, a game where he allowed six runs all in one inning, was cruising until then. Corbin's a really talented guy, obviously got a lot of money. That should be an interesting matchup on Saturday, and then on Sunday, Zach Eflin. Mr. Complete Game. Going for back-to-back complete games. We'll see if he can do it. He'll be going against Anibal Sanchez, who we've seen this year. And uh, certainly, uh, I think that's a pitching matchup you feel 
pretty good about as well as Sanchez. Uh, it's solid, but uh, I feel good with Eflin. Going up against him, Eflin has obviously had success against this Nationals team this season as well. So uh, we'll dive into that series a little bit more tomorrow. Anthony Rendon uh, has, has missed some games, so it should be uh, interesting, a nice opportunity for the Phillies here before they head to St. Louis and then Kansas City. But uh, we will dive into all that more tomorrow as we head into the weekend. Until then, uh, have a wonderful day. Enjoy the off day. We're back at it tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Phillies today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.